Hey, this is Rodney Gage. I'm the pastor of Rethink Life Church in Orlando, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages and inspires you to live with a new perspective, make better choices, and have a greater impact with your life. Here's today's message. I want to share with you a message today. I think it's going to be a great source of help and encouragement to you as we continue with our series called Stay Optimistic. And that is this. Let me just start by saying there are three kinds of people in the world. There are those who have just come out of a storm. There are those who are headed for a storm. And then there are those who are actually in the middle of a storm as we speak. Some of you that are watching this right now, you're in the middle of a storm. Yes, some of you might be going through physical storms or relational storms. It could be other kinds of storms that you're facing. But I'd be safe to say, specifically as it relates to what I want to share today, is that some of you are facing some serious financial storms. As a matter of fact, I was reading some statistics the other day that was pretty sobering and staggering in the fact that According to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, we now have a 14.7 unemployment rate in our country. As a matter of fact, since March, 20.6 million jobs have been lost. And obviously, that's a ripple effect that has impacted so many people's lives. And those of you that are watching today, I would be safe to say that that has affected you and your family. Maybe you're currently without a job. And it was obviously not something you were expecting, something you asked for, but unfortunately, that unexpected storm suddenly came upon you, and now you find yourself unemployed. There's no income, and you're, you know, you're worried, you're concerned about you know, your future, you're concerned about all the things that you, know, that you really can't control right now in light of everything that's happening. You know, Ecclesiastes gives us a very timely reminder. In fact, in Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 14, in the Living Paraphrase Translation, it says these words, enjoy prosperity whenever you can. It's interesting, prior to March, you know, especially those of us living in America, we were living in, in, in times of prosperity, one of the lowest unemployment rates of all time. And yet all of a sudden, and just literally, it seems like overnight, like somebody had just pulled the emergency brake, we went from having one of the lowest unemployment to suddenly now the highest unemployment, unemployment since the Great Depression. And what a, what a turn of events that almost happened overnight because of the COVID-19 crisis. And so with that in mind, enjoy prosperity whenever you can. And when hard times strike, realize that God gives one as well as the other so that everyone will realize that nothing is certain in this life. Wow, what a powerful and yet sobering reminder that, you know, there are no guarantees. There are no certainties in life. And I think when we go through financial storms, when we go through difficulties, it really is a reminder that we should never get too attached to the things of this world. We should never put our trust or our dependency or, you know, our security in things or in our jobs or even in people for that matter, because at the end of the day, there is nothing guaranteed in this world. There is nothing that we can hang on to that's going to last forever. In fact, Jesus even told his disciples before he ascended back into heaven 
to be with his father. He told his disciples, he said, hey, in this world, you will have problems. You're going to face storms. You're going to face challenges and trials. But he said, take heart because I have overcome the world. And so if we can remain, one of the ways we can remain optimistic is to take heart in the fact that yes, this world in which we live, it's not our home. It's a temporary place that God has allowed us to live and to be and to enjoy. But at the same time, we're just fellow travelers. We're just passing through, especially if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you need to understand that we have an eternal home that Jesus has prepared for us, a place called heaven. So he leaves us here on purpose so that we can make a difference with our lives. But even with that, we're still going to face difficulties and hardships. So yeah, we got to have food to eat. Yes, we have to have a roof over our head. Yes, we have to make sure the physical needs of our children and family are taken care of. Yes, we have to fulfill and meet our financial obligations. So I'm not saying that we should just kind of sit back and chill out and do nothing and just say, God's going to take care of me. No, we have to do our part. But when we are faced with the financial storms of life, I believe God wants us to remain optimistic even when everything around us is negative. Yeah, if you watch the news for any length of time, man, it's gloom and doom and the future's bleak and, you know, the storm clouds are raging. You know what I'm saying? That's just kind of the theme and the motto that you're constantly reading and hearing. But at the end of the day, we have to also, through the negativity, we have to shift our perspective and remind ourselves that this is not our, this is, this is not our permanent home. And God is with us and he's going to help us weather the financial storms of life. And so there are four things that I want to share with you today that we are going to learn from one of the most popular, famous passages of Scripture in all the Bible, and it's Psalm 23. In fact, I want to invite you, if you would, to follow along with me as I read. In Psalm 23, verses 1 through 6, David says, The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the dark valley of death, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies." You welcome me as a guest, anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings, and surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. It's interesting that David was not only talking about the temporal things, But at the same time, his perspective was also on the eternal things. He knew that ultimately his eternal home was with the Lord in heaven. And so with that, let me share with you four things that I think will be a great source of help and encouragement to you to remain optimistic. And the first is this, if you're taking notes, and that is to believe that God is going to take care of you. Believe that God will take care of you. Now, here's a question that I have for you. Do you believe that God is your shepherd? Now, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you need to know that God truly is your shepherd. And because he's your shepherd, listen, he doesn't want you to worry. He doesn't want you to be you know, paralyzed by fear. No, he wants you to remain calm and he wants you to allow him 
to be the shepherd of your life. Now you say, what does a shepherd do? That's so like, that's so old school to me. <laughs> I don't see shepherds here in our community. Well, I'll be honest with you. When we went to uh, Israel back in November, when our family toured the Holy Lands for 10 days, we actually saw modern day shepherds, just like biblical times. You see them up in the mountains on cliffs and, you know, they've got their herd of sheep that they're shepherding and that they're watching over and taking personal care of. And, and it was a powerful reminder that God is our shepherd. He does that same thing even to this day in our personal lives. So what does a shepherd do? There are four things that a shepherd does. If you're taking notes, write this down. The one, a shepherd actually provides. That's what a, that's what a shepherd does. A shepherd provides. In verse 1, David said these words. He said, I have everything I need. You know, in week two of this series called Stay Optimistic, I talked about the subject of gratitude. And one of the reasons why gratitude is so important when we're going, when we're going through difficulties in life, in, in, when we're facing a lot of negativity like we are right now, one of the reasons why gratitude is so important is because it allows us to focus on what we do have rather than focusing on what we don't have. And so when we focus on what we do have, it not only gives us an attitude of gratitude, a grateful spirit, but here's what it does. It reminds us that, yeah, there's no guarantees in anything in life, and God is faithful, and because he's our shepherd, he will provide for us. Notice what God says in in Philippians chapter 4. In fact, the apostle Paul wrote this in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. And this same God, the same God that you and I love and serve, and this same God who takes care of me, Paul said, will, not he might, no, he said he will supply, not some, no, he said all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. So Paul is even reminding, reminding us that God will supply our needs and he will supply all the needs that we could possibly ever have. And so we need to be reminded that, listen, our shepherd, our heavenly father, he provides for us. But a shepherd not only provides, a shepherd also comforts. In verse four, notice what it says. For you are close beside me. You are close beside me. In other words, we can practice his presence each and every day because God is with us. God, listen, not only is with us, but his Holy Spirit lives and indwells inside of us as followers of Jesus Christ. Listen, when Jesus is near, there is no need to fear. Amen. So you just need to be encouraged and reminded that a shepherd not only provides, but a shepherd also comforts. And here's what's interesting. In the first three verses, David is actually talking to God but, excuse me, in, verse, in, in the first three verses, David is actually talking about God, but then all of a sudden he shifts his focus, and rather than talking about God, now he begins to talk to God. In other words, as he's facing the valley, as he's walking through the valley, one of the things David begins to do, he's actually talking to God. Why? Because he, he realizes the very presence of God is with him. He's providing for him and he's comforting him. And in the valley of storms, when we, excuse me, when we go through valleys and we go through the storms of life, we need to be also reminded in the fact that, listen, there is a purpose behind every problem. And sometimes 
It's a way of just God getting our attention. And that's the reason why we must look to him. And that's also, I love the quote that C.S. Lewis once said. And I love this. This is a powerful reminder. He said, God whispers it to us in our pleasure, speaks in our conscience, he, but he shouts in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. So we have to understand that sometimes God allows us to go through what we go through, even though we don't want it, we don't like it, we never ask for it. But sometimes it's a time of testing, and there is no testimony until we first go through the test. But the problem is, is that for a lot of us, we want to moan. We, we like the moany sex piece of it. You know what I'm saying? We're kind of moaning and groaning about everything. But through the testing of it all, listen, we need to understand that God is faithful. He's going to provide for us, and he's going to comfort us. I love what Isaiah 43 verse 2 says. When you go through deep waters and great trouble... I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. So you need to be reminded of the fact that regardless of what you're going through right now, God is your shepherd. He's going to provide for you. He's going to comfort you because he's with you, and he's not going to allow you to drown in the deep waters, or to be burned by the fires of oppression that seem to be coming against you. God is with you. The third thing that a shepherd does is he also guides. I love what verse 3 says. He guides me along right paths. The Lord promised to not just guide us, but to also direct our, our steps as we try to navigate through the next steps and the decisions of our lives, even when we don't even know what we're supposed to do or what, where we're supposed to go when it comes to the future. And so today, let me encourage you that a shepherd provides, a shepherd comforts, a shepherd is going to do everything he can to, to simply guide us and navigate our lives, but a shepherd also protects us. And in verse four, it says, your rod and your staff, they protect me. You know, it's interesting that a shepherd, when they're holding that, that staff, if you will, that rod, you know, it, it's designed intentionally to do something. And here's what it's designed to do. A shepherd would actually use his staff as a rod to defend off the enemy or defend off the prey that obviously was threatening the lives of the sheep that the shepherd was responsible for taking care of. And so in the same way, God, through his word, is going to strengthen us and encourage us. But at the same time, God is going to protect us from the things that the enemy wants to use to defeat us and to discourage us. God is going to protect you no matter what you're facing in your life. But you have to believe that he's going to take care of you. In Isaiah 40, verse 11, it says it this way, God takes care of his people like a shepherd. I love that. The second thing we learn is this, and that is to pray about everything. So the first is we have to believe that God's going to take care of us. And number two, we have to pray about everything. You know, when we go through the storms of life, when we go through financial storms, we can do one of two things. We can pray or we can panic. But when we choose to panic, here's what happens. We're worried, we're stressed, we're overwhelmed. But here's what God has shown me through the years, and this is what God often does to convict me. 
he often whispers in my ear, gets my attention by saying, Rodney, if you can spend as much time worrying as you do, hey, you ought to be spending at least that much time, if not more, in praying. So if you can, listen, if you got time to worry, you got time to pray. And so we need to be encouraged and reminded that, listen, God is not just with us, but he wants us to look to him, depend upon him. And how, we, how do we do that? By simply praying. We pray first. We go to God in prayer. We seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And then he says, and then all the rest of the stuff will fall into place. But we got to put God first. We've got to look to him. Philippians 4 verses 6 and 7 says it this way, don't worry about anything. But in everything, what did he say? Pray about it. Tell God your needs and don't forget to thank him for his answers. And he said, if you do this, then you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than anything the human mind can understand. His peace will keep your thoughts and your hearts quiet and at rest as you trust in Christ Jesus. In 1 Peter 5, 7, it says it this way, give In other words, cast all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about what happens to you. Do you know the word cast literally means to throw off? It literally means to unload your worries, your concerns, that which is weighing heavy upon you, that's holding you down. He needs, listen, he wants us to unload that. But that word cast in many ways, is something that we do when we go fishing. But you know what most of us do? We cast our cares. Here's what we do, just like fishing. We reel them back in, don't we? We reel them back in. We bring them back in the boat with us rather than casting them and unloading them and placing them at the feet of Jesus. The third thing is this. So not only do we need to believe that God's going to take care of us, and pray about everything that we're going through, but we also need to live one day at a time. I love the quote that says this, today is the tomorrow you worried about yesterday. Isn't that good? And it's so true. Man, I have found myself countless times jumping ahead of God, trying to, you know, take the bull by the horns, you know, filling in my own blanks as relates to what tomorrow holds. But what I've come to realize is that I cannot predict the future, nor can I determine what tomorrow is going to look like. All I can do is take care of today. All I can do is trust God to be God in my life and to provide for me and to take care of me and to make sure that today, today, I make the most of everything that I can to make sure that I don't waste a moment that God has given me with the gift of today. So here's what the scripture says. The Bible says it this way in Matthew 6, 34. Jesus said, don't be anxious about tomorrow. God will take care of your tomorrow too. Live one day at a time. So listen, in Matthew 6, verse 11, here's what Jesus says. He says, give us our food for today. In other words, when Jesus was praying there in the Lord's Prayer, that's what he was doing. He was modeling that, hey, all we can do is pray and ask God to meet our needs for today and today alone. So we have to live with that principle and be reminded of the fact that, hey, we can stay optimistic because today I know that God is in control. He's going to guide me. He's going to protect me. He's with me. He's comforting me. He's going to help me get through 
what I'm going through in my life. So here's what Matthew 6 verses 32 and 33 says, but your heavenly father already knows perfectly well that you need them. In other words, all the things that we have and need in life, and he will give them to you if you give him first place in life as you live as he wants you to. In other words, when we put God first, when we seek him, when we seek his righteousness, seek his kingdom, when we put God first in every area of our life, God promises us in return, he's going to take care of our needs. And the last thing is this, and that is to stay optimistic. Yeah, everything going on around us seems to be negative, but can I remind you today that, listen, once again, we can take heart. God is in control. And just like David reminds us in Psalm 23, hey, he is going to see us through to the other side. Notice what verse 4 says. He said, I will not be afraid. It's interesting that David said that he walked through the valley. In other words, he didn't run, okay, in fear through the valley, hoping that he somehow could just kind of survive it. No, he walked through it. Nor did he have a state of panic because of fear where he turned around and went the opposite direction. No, he walked through the valley. You know what that means? That means that he actually walked calmly and deliberately through the valley that he was facing. And that's the exact same kind of attitude and posture of our heart that we should have when we're going through the financial difficulties of life is to take one day at a time and to know that we can stay optimistic if we will simply walk through the storm, we'll walk through this valley calmly and deliberately knowing that God is our shepherd and he's going to take care of our every need. Let me tell you something. When everybody else is freaking out, you can remain faith-filled and hope-filled. You can stay optimistic. You know why? Because you believe in your heart that God is going to take care of you. Because you have believed that God is your shepherd and he will take care of you. He's going to see you through to the other side. I love the story, you know, in uh, Mark chapter 4, when the disciples were in the boat and the storm came upon the Sea of Galilee. I tell you, one of the most incredible moments of my life was when we went to Israel back in November and we actually got to go onto the Sea of Galilee and we got on one of those uh, boats and got out in the middle of the sea and the uh, the guy that was taking us on that particular day was even telling us how unusual that particular day was. It was so incredibly calm, but he was also emphasizing because of the mountainous uh, you know, terrain that basically surrounds the Sea of Galilee. He was emphasizing how the storms could suddenly come in and, 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 and they would be unexpected because of just where the sea level is and where uh, the terrain lies with the Sea of Galilee, that storms could move upon the lake very quickly. And that's what happened when the disciples were in the boat and Jesus had instructed them to get in the boat and to go to the other side. And all of a sudden, as they're in the middle of the, of the, of the lake, what happens? Well, the storm suddenly comes upon them. But what was Jesus doing? Well, he was in the, he was in the front. He was in the, he was in the bow of the boat asleep 
when the storm was raging and his disciples were freaking out. They said, Jesus, don't you even care? We're even going gonna to drown here. And what did Jesus do? Jesus spoke to the storm and all of a sudden, in the middle of that storm, there was tranquility, there was peace. And what did Jesus do? Jesus reminded them of who he was. And you know what? They were amazed at what they had seen and experienced and what they had heard. But what did Jesus do? Jesus got them to the other side. And I just want to encourage you today, as we wrap up our time together, listen, even when you're going through hardships and trials, you're facing some financial storms in your life, when you feel like you're in the middle you know, of the lake, of the sea, and you found, found yourself kind of like sinking and you don't know what you're going to do, can I just remind you that God is in your boat? God is with you. He's going to protect you. He's going to provide for you. And he will see you to the other side. So I'm saying all this to say, to remind you that whatever you do, don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Don't worry. Don't get overwhelmed. Don't allow your mind to race to all of the negative. Stay optimistic. Keep doing the right things. Keep believing that God is going to take care of you. It's so vitally important. Listen, pray about everything that you're going through. Live one day at a time and stay optimistic. Galatians 6, 9 says it this way, and let us not get tired of doing what is right. In other words, be faithful in your worship. Keep giving financially. You say, I don't have anything to give. Can I just, let me share my heart with you. In 30 years of faithfully giving to the Lord, listen, God will honor your faithfulness. He'll take care of you. Even when you say, well, I don't have anything to give. Here's what I've learned. Give what you can. Ask God to show you what you can give. Not just even monetarily, but even with your time. Listen, if you'll be faithful, if you'll keep sowing, God is the God. He's the, he's the God of the harvest. And when we sow, God will reap that, that which we sow. So we have to remain faithful. Keep doing the right thing. Keep serving. Keep giving. Keep praying. Keep worshiping. Listen, you keep your eyes fixated on God in this financial storm. He'll see you to the other side. He promises that. So we have to not get tired of doing what is right. For after a while, notice, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't get discouraged and give up. So whatever you do, don't get discouraged and don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Why? Because we can stay optimistic knowing that Jesus who's our great shepherd, he's going to see us through to the other side. So let your heart be encouraged today. Listen, don't allow the things of this world nor the storm that you're currently facing to overwhelm you. Listen, we serve a good God, a faithful God, and he's going to see us through to the other side. I want us to bow our heads together in a word of prayer. As we bow our heads and our hearts uh, for just a moment, even those of you that maybe are just at home by yourself or wherever, I just encourage you to quiet your spirit for just a moment. And maybe you've heard today God speak to you. That still small voice, that little gentle whisper, whisper that God has spoken to you. And maybe you have found yourself, even as a follower of Jesus, you have found yourself in fear and panic and worry 
you've been stressed and feeling overwhelmed by everything that's going on. Maybe you don't have a job, and there's no income, and you're worried about what tomorrow holds. And listen, that's a, that's a reality. That's, that's a real emotion that you're feeling. But I want you to be reminded that God is with you. He's near, so therefore you don't have to be overwhelmed by fear. He's right where he's always been. And if you know him as your Savior, he lives and dwells inside of you. And so today, just acknowledge his presence. And as a follower of Jesus, just say, God, thank you. God, thank you for your faithfulness. God, thank you that you're going to take care of me today, that you're going to meet my needs today, that you're going to see me through to the other side because you are my shepherd and you're going to take care of me. Some of you here today that are, you know, you're listening and you're watching all of this and you're thinking, man, I don't even know. I don't even know what to think because I don't know if I know God or not. There's times when I think I know him. There's times when I feel his presence, but honestly, I don't know. Can I just say that you can know today? You can have the peace that does pass all human understanding, that you can be reminded today that your forever can be secure by knowing Jesus as your Savior. And if that's your need, if you want to know that your sin, your past has been forgiven, and you want to have a relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ, and you want to know that you have a purpose to fulfill in this one and only life that you have, and you want to have the peace of knowing that you're going to live forever in heaven, hey, can I invite you right now just to bow your head and close your eyes and pray this prayer with me and just say something like this. Just say, Dear God, I confess to you that I'm a sinner and I turn from my sin. And Today I believe that you died on a cross and you arose again for me. And today by faith I invite you into my life to forgive me and to save me and to change me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. Hey, if you just prayed that prayer just then, and in your heart, you meant it. Hey, can I just say that you are now a child of God? Your name has been written in heaven, and I personally want to rejoice with you. Would you do me a favor right now? Would you just DM me? Would you right now just DM me and say, I decided, okay? Just send me that, just in a message. If you're watching us on Facebook, just say, I decided. Just DM me, or would you please text me? Just personally text me on that number there. Just text me saying, hey, I decided. And I want to send you a little booklet that we put together called Rethinking Life Every Day. It's a tremendous tool that will walk you through everything that maybe you don't even understand. It will help clarify what outlines the next steps in your spiritual journey. It's a 30-day reading plan that will help guide you as you start reading your Bible through the life of Jesus. I promise you it'll be well worth it. So just DM me, text me, let me know, hey, I decided, and we'll get that to you. Fill out all the information. Please submit it. That way we know. Maybe you have prayer requests. Please DM me, DM those prayer requests to me. Also, uh, let me know by sending me a text through that same number just to put prayer request, okay? And uh, make sure you fill all the information out so we can know specifically what your request is and we'll do everything we can to come alongside and, and, and hold you up in prayer and stand with you. Well, I want you to know I love you. Don't miss next week as we continue with this series called Stay Optimistic. Until then, hey, share this message with your friends and we can't wait to all physically be back together in the very, very near future. Well, thanks again for listening. 
To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, it would mean a great deal to us if you would consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. You can click on the share button, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories. And be sure to tag us at Rethink Life Church. To learn more about our church, check out RethinkLife.com. Until next time, hey, we love you and believe the best is yet to come in your life.